Hey guys, my name is Calvin, and you're listening to Pastor Chats. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Once again, my name is Calvin. I'm your host. Uh, Looking forward to spending this time with you today. Uh, Once again, uh, carrying on uh, into our second part of this two-part episode with Pastor Matt Mosler from the Pine Bluff campus of New Life Church in Arkansas. I've had a blast talking with him. I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'm missing a little bit of hair, so a hat is always good. So I don't yeah. mind a few extra hats. <laughs> I always say a bald man can always use two things, yeah. a hat and a compliment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. Uh, so, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, because I, I think, you know, you said it earlier jokingly, and, and we always do that, you know, we, we're pastors. We work half a day a week. Yeah. Um, but I think um, for most of us, who are campus pastors, and I think most pastors in general, if they if they don't necessarily have the vision and the intentionality behind it, they have the desire uh, for it, and, and that's this to do more than just pastor a church, to pastor your city. Mm-hmm. Um, we we talk about that a lot, uh, and you know I've, I've spoken with our mayor before and other leaders in our city, and uh, just volunteered to do whatever they need. I said, you know, just treat us like the bat phone. If you need something, call us. And, um, you know, they would give me uh, answers like, well, we have this event coming up and you could promote your church and give it. I said, no, no, no. Who's going to clean up after? Yeah. You know, that event. Who's going to clean up? Who's going to help you? Like, we're just trying to be a good citizen of our city. That's good. And, And I think it's important uh, that we do that because uh, for so long it's felt to me at least, and this is not necessarily an indictment as much as it is an observation that the church has been, Hey, here we are. Come to us. Right. Right. You know, Hey, yeah. come look and see what we've got going. This yeah. is the best thing ever. And, and then our city and there's people in our city in need, which, uh, Pine Bluff has great need. BB has great need. Mm-hmm. I think there's great need everywhere if you're willing to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but some of that then gets left behind because we get more um, passionate about building our thing than building his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to do that outside the walls of the church. So I know this is something that you and I are both passionate about. So why don't you speak to that? What would you say um, if somebody asked you that? Like, how do you do more than just pastor a church, but how do you pastor and love your city well? You got to figure out what what are the, every city is unique. What what is mm-hmm. unique about your city? What are the needs? Are the, the church is called to be countercultural. Yep. So uh, you have to find out what is what's going on in your city and what do they need. I read a I read a book that had nothing to do with church. Uh, it was called Being Mortal. It was <laughs> by a doctor named Atul Gawande, <laughs> and he he uh, bless you. Yeah. Was, <laughs> his his focus is on geriatric care. Uh, retirement mm-hmm. home, you know, it's the elderly care. And it was mm-hmm. an indictment on the, the nation's 
care of the elderly is mm. more and more people getting older. And that's what the book was about, being mortal. That's but it. he tells a story in there about this Harvard-educated doctor that leaves uh, medical school and he and he opens a family practice somewhere in New York or Boston. And at the same time, he gets a an, a 40-acre farm uh, that he, it's a, a self-sustainable farm. Well, mm-hmm. that becomes his passion. So he expands it to 400 acres, gets wow. solar power, grows a beard, you know, <laughs> does the thing, uh, but, and to give him more time to, to spend on his sustainable farm, he sells his family practice and becomes the medical director at a nursing home. Wow! So he goes into the nursing home and he sees that everything is gray and antiseptic and everybody's dying. And he says, what can I do to bring life to this nursing home? Mm-hmm. Well, drawing on his experience as a sustainable farmer, he tears up the front yard and plants a garden. Every room gets two green plants and a couple of parakeets. He brings in two dogs, four wow. cats. He turns the downstairs into a daycare center so the workers can bring their kids. And, other, and so next thing that happens, these old people who were alive but they weren't living. Mm-hmm. They were waking up in the morning. They were, you know, get taking a pill, watching Oprah, going to bed. And they, if this was their daily routine, well, now they got to take care of a couple of parakeets. Now right. they got to take care of a garden. Now they got to listen to these children. Now they got these dogs and these cats. Well, next thing you know, life expectancy went up and medication went down. Mm-hmm. And his conclusion was if people have a reason to live, they'll live longer. Mm-hmm. The author's conclusion was you can give people a reason to live. Mm-hmm. So I read this right as before Easter when we were planning a big Easter egg hunt in this community. And so we were going to these apartment complexes and these housing areas. We're knocking on doors trying to get your kids because, you know, it's Easter egg, all right? Right. Well, it's 1130, 1230, one o'clock. We're knocking on these doors. People are still in their pajamas. They're smoking weed. They're hooking up in the rooms. They're, <laughs> they are no, they're, you know, just, they're no different <clears throat> than the people in the nursing home. They were alive. Yeah. But they weren't living. Yeah, they were being good, robbed of the life that God had for them. So, yep. if we can give people a reason to live, what do we as a church? What can we as a church do to give this community a reason to live? What? How can we bring hope to a community where the family has been intentionally destroyed and yep. there is no hope? The two big crises in in Pine Bluff are the dissolution of the family, lack of hope, feeds everything else: yep. crime, education, poverty. Absolutely, it's all cir- you know centered on those. So our pillars. But you only learn that is if if, if you get out into the community and mm-hmm. and what was really frustrating for me as somebody who likes to have something to do and got to work, I what you know I get here when we're planning the church, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And so I'd ask I'd ask you pastors, you know, what did you do when you first moved to the city? Right. And one of our, our faithful pastors said, well, I just I go to the gym, I go to the store, I go to town, I just I get to know people, and yep. that doesn't seem like work. Seems like I'm getting paid to just you know hang out. around. Yeah, but that's critically important because it you is, can't learn 100%. your city unless you're in your city. And and, and one of the first things that happened to me when I started doing this is we went to the Walmart, which is the center of this town. Of course. And I get out of <laughs> I get out of the car, and about the same time, this elderly black lady gets out of her car, and we start walking in the store. And I look at her, I say, "Hey, how you doing?" And she looked at me, and went, "Fine." I said, "Man, it's a great day." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, "You from around here?" She said, "Yeah." But you're not. I said, hey, you, Dude, from around here, are you? I said, boy? hey, you know that. She says, you're talking to me. Wow. You know? And it was like, wow. This is, I got to spend every day at Walmart. You know? I got to get to know these people. You and, need a job as a greeter. And it was just that yeah. there's this isolation that takes place in a poverty mm-hmm. culture. There's this, everybody get, and, and boy, do we 
you find that out when you try, try to do life groups. Yeah. Life groups is about getting in people's homes and getting in people's life. Well, this community, because of the poverty culture and the dependency, my, everybody gets isolated. I got to right. take care of mine. The churches in this town are not outreach churches. They're in-reach churches. So mm-hmm. we, we have, this is the 16th most church city in America. Church is not the answer. And the churches have gotten internal, not external. Mm-hmm. So you, you only learn that if you get out in your community and feel like you're wasting right. your time, but you're getting to know people, getting to know the community. Well, then that helps us as a church. What's our identity going to be? Well, our identity is going to be trying to uh, revive the family and restore hope. And we do that by trying to minister to this isolationist mindset that we have here and try to do mm-hmm. try to rebuild the serve mentality. Mm-hmm. So all of our ministries, everything that we do and and we we actually stopped doing life groups for a semester so we could gather people on a Wednesday night Bible study. Nobody right. in our in our churches was doing a Wednesday night Bible study. Right. Well, in this culture, Wednesday night Bible study was I mean it was paramount. Deal. It was a pillar. Absolutely. So when when are your churches? Well, Sunday morning. Do you have a Wednesday night Bible study? Well, no, we don't do that. Well, we do now. Yeah. And so we stepped back, we got people in community. Now we have, you know, we're about to do life group launch this weekend. We've got twenty plus life groups that are wow. started. Because you you learn your culture and you you Absolutely. walk before you run and 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 you know so I guess that's that's how I we find out what's in the community and then figure out a way that we as a church and I love your idea but not just promote because everybody wants to promote the churches right. what can we as a how can we serve you mm-hmm. well we've become the church in this community that's serving people we you know flood relief that we did right we're doing rebuilding baseball we're trying to bring a baseball league to this town to yep. build community we're rebuilding homes to try to get people in. you know it's it's things like that where you identify what the need is and how we can serve and give people in our church an opportunity to serve so that they can learn the value of serve. Mm. So it's getting people, you know, I, and so it's so interesting because it's become a cultural thing to talk about community. Mm-hmm. And we have um, so much social media and um, so many things that are social and everything online is community based. And, but it seems to me, and I think I've read some recent statistics that would back this up, that people are more lonely than ever. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they're more lonely than ever. And in a hyper-connected culture, we're actually less connected than we've ever been because you don't have to look anybody in the face mm-hmm. anymore. And, uh, I, man, I think, that's, I think that's totally important. You know, we've, uh, life groups have not been the easiest thing for us either. And I think because of that, because we, we get in our lane and we don't look outside of it at all, and it's interesting because I think, I think sometimes with the the technology that we have, we we have a false sense of connection. Well, here's what I love about, I mean, I just little hero worship going on, but I love Pastor Rick and, and what yeah. he's built here. And, and we had a we had a meeting, a, a pastors meeting last year, mm-hmm. and he said we need to have more faith, more family, more freedom, freedom. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, we have to figure out what works in our community, have the freedom to figure out what's going to work in our community. We have to have this new life DNA. Yep. But one of the things that's held us back is that we tried to do new life DNA in this community, and they they weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, how do we – we have to have the freedom to gradually get them there. Mm-hmm. So – like again, the life group was a good example. Um, yeah, we don't. They just don't do life groups here. Mm-hmm. They're they're 
you know, getting better, but we got to have the freedom to reach our community where they are. And Pastor Rick gives us that freedom. We can't just have a video of Rick on the screen. Right. You know, we have to have the freedom to figure out what's going on in our, because Pine Bluff ain't Fayetteville. Yeah. It's not Conway. It's not BB. No. It's not downtown Little Rock. Pine no. Bluff and Little Rock are two totally different animals. Absolutely. And so what is, we got to get to know our community and figure out how to reach this community to 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 bring them into relationship. Relationship mm-hmm. is our secret weapon. It's what make New yep. Life Church such a great church is their emphasis on relationship. Totally agree. Well, yeah. there, and maybe it's because of the cell phone culture, but there's not a, people aren't in relationship here. Mm. You know, the families are dissolved mm-hmm. that we're trying to rebuild. The you, the friendships, are, they're, they're cliquish friendships. There's, you know, there's racist stuff going. And so how yeah. do we get them into relationship with each other? And yeah. I think because we've uh, taken that, because the Pastor Rick has given us the freedom to discover your community and figure out ways to minister yes. to community and more importantly, support you in that effort to do yes. that. Boy, that was that's huge. Oh, it has been. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I love who we are as a church. I love the things we do. Mm-hmm. I love what we do. Uh, but I think even more important than those things to me is who we are. Right. And uh, we're all who we are around a covenant that we have with one another mm-hmm. and a core set of values. But how we work those out in our communities has to be different on some level has to be different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think kudos to Pastor Rick for probably being the most secure leader I've ever <laughs> been around. Isn't that the truth? I mean, he's the most the secure yeah. leader uh, because, you know, he could easily say, well, look what, look what's happened here. Uh, do it my way. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he's never short to tell you if he thinks it's a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Which I appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, but he does give us the freedom to uh, experiment. I think might be a, a way mm-hmm. to say that, yeah. and, uh, and not we're not experimenting with people. We're experience, uh, We're experimenting with are are we? And let's be honest. I mean, trying to be led by the Holy Spirit is always somewhat of an experiment because you don't always know until you take the step. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it can be scary, but I love that we we have that freedom to be able to love our city and meet us right where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I always tell our people, you know, Jesus loves us so much that he'll meet us right where we are, but he also loves us too much to leave us there. Mm-hmm. And I think because we have the freedom to, to be who we are and, and be... Uh, free to love our cities, uh, I think we get to do that. I think we we get to meet them where they are, uh, but we get to bring them along the journey of mm-hmm. what we're on and where we're going and what we're trying to do. And it's uh, not necessarily that we have the only way or even the best way. You yeah. know, you hear Pastor Rick talk about that all the time, but we do have a way. And I, I think yeah, it's so important I, that we get to you exercise know, I think that. It's- you know, you got to have a passion for your city. You mm-hmm. got to you got to get organized. You got to mm-hmm. figure out. You know, you got to have a, a church behind you that's yep. going to encourage you, and and you have to have the freedom to fail. Uh, and totally agree with that. And um, and I think we I think we do that. And I think every church leader needs that. And I think the you know the the so many churches I know that I see around because I'm always looking at what works for them. Uh, yeah. have, you know, they're going to read business books and they're going to read 
you know, the management books and they're trying to bring the world's management system into what we're doing in church. And sometimes mm. it works and there's good stuff you can pick up from Absolutely. everything, but you know, sometimes it doesn't. And, and we, we get this in, we are a very successful, rich church at Laodicea kind of culture, yeah. you know, and we want success right away and it's got to look like this and it's got to look like that. Right. Um, and you have to have the freedom you have to have patience. The The leadership, if, you, if you're part of a multi-site church and you plan a campus in a region that's unfamiliar, you got to give them some grace. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm just speaking from experience that we've received a lot of grace to do yeah. what we want to do and, and the freedom to try to throw something against the wall and see what sticks. And some mm-hmm. of it works and some of it doesn't. Some of you back up. And I've watched Rick do this in at GLR and Conway and yeah. where he's tried things that didn't work. But, you know, we're going to try it again. We're going to just... And right. I love that aggressive nature that we, we, we preach a message of freedom here. Mm -hmm. And I think because we use the term freedom a lot in this culture, Mm -hmm. I think that appeals to a lot of people because it's a, it's a community held in bondage and we've been given the freedom to preach the message of freedom and some of it's going to work and some of it's not. And it's hard on the pastor. And so I think another element of what you need in addition to freedom to fail, you got to have, and I think Rick's done a superb job at this. You got to have uh, people in your corner that you know can pat you on the back and encourage you when you get discouraged. We all need and, some attaboys. Well, and, every and now so and again. so he's when you talk about relationships, you know, being a relational church, he makes sure that we all get together as pastors, that we have accountability, that we have relationship, mm-hmm. that we have encouragement, that because you're going to try stuff and you're responsible for it as the mm-hmm. pastor. You're the one that's got to make these calls. And so you got to have somebody in your corner saying, man, that's, that's a good job. Good try. You know, yeah. keep trying, keep going. Yeah. You know, nice. And I, and phew, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Cause yeah. you're going to fail. You're, you're, it's absolutely. not going to work. It's not going to be as quick as what you see in some of these other church sites. And wow, how do they do that? And look, they're running a thousand people. And, yeah. You know, we can't fill up a, you know, a, a bathroom. Yeah. You know, and, and <laughs> well, we all try to make the exception normative. Yeah. Because we, well, we're, we're exercising our faith. Yeah. In five years, we'll be 10,000 people. Yeah. Uh, I'm the next Stephen Furtick, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, I had a, a mentor friend of mine ask me a question one time. He said, Kevin, I know pastors that pastor 15,000 people. And he said, I know pastors who are, small country towns, and they pastor mm-hmm. a couple hundred people. Which one of them is more successful? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if you look at it, you would think the guy with 11,000 people. Yeah. And he said, he said, you would think that, but he said, some of the pastors I know that pastor 200 people are much better pastors. Yeah. He said, and he said, he said really, the, the definition of, of success is, uh, were you faithful? Yeah. Were you faithful uh, to do everything you could with what? God has given you. Well, one of my one of my life lessons too is that the larger the group, the less the influence. And so, just because you got a large church doesn't mean you're influencing people's lives. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think you know small groups are so critical. Why, Absolutely. Why I think you know reach reaching people on a level where they are, trying to get mentors and disciples, and I mean, um, I mean, I I I I, I want to have a large church. Because I want more people to hear the message of freedom. Absolutely. You know, but 
if if we stay the size we are, man, I'm good because I mm. feel like if if we can raise up a next generation of disciples, if we can raise up a next Absolutely. generation of leaders, if we can if we can begin to see, I, I can't tell you. I, I said this in my church the other day. I have. I've never wanted anything more in my life, maybe with the exception of marrying my wife, <laughs> because when she walked down that aisle, I mean, whoa. Well, was, whew, I mean, I've never wanted anything more in my life than to see revival come to this town. I am totally bought in and, and sold out. And yep. I want it so badly I can taste it. Yep. And uh, and and if and in order to see that, man, you're you're gonna struggle. You're gonna you're gonna need people in your team, you're gonna need some people mm-hmm. to pick you up and hold your hand and get you through and um absolutely yeah so so what would you say to uh, what do you think if some someone's listening that's not a pastor and maybe they maybe they come to one of our campuses maybe they if somebody to, is not a pastor and they've listened this long they have <laughs> way too much time on their hands <laughs> they're really <laughs> bored yeah we're sorry okay <laughs> um but you know maybe they're they're just enjoying listening to us talk about it getting to know us maybe a little bit maybe they go to they don't go to one of our campuses they go to a different campus they're getting to know us i mean what would you say to them about reaching their city what what would you say to them about helping their campus, helping their campus pastor, helping the leaders at their campus. Maybe they are a leader at a campus. What would you say to them on moving, um, not just the vision of reaching people, but reaching people with our values? What would you say, how, what would you say to them about how they can help further that along? Um, own it. Mm. You, you got to own it. We, we've got to have ownership of the vision. Yeah. My job, I see, is to cast a vision. Yeah. And to try to develop leaders. But mm-hmm. I've, got to, I've got to cast a vision that I believe God's given me. And then we, I try to preach that vision and demonstrate that vision. But eventually, you got to own it. Yeah. And I, I, I was... We talk about this all the time in our church because we don't have a serve mentality. We we are a renting culture and we want to become an ownership culture. We mm-hmm. need to own our city. We need to own our... It's, it's like yeah. we, one of the things we try to do, people rent their homes here a lot and the homes fall apart. What, what, we have a program called Home Again Pine Bluff and where we're trying to get people into homes and and it's a long, it would take too long to explain it, but basically we want people to that we want to get them from a renting mindset to an owning mindset. Mm-hmm. And, but part of that too, is this idea of a kibbutz that we learned in, you know, mm-hmm. in Israel and this one particular street, we want to get people in these homes, but halfway down the street, there's this old uh, abandoned fire station. What we want to do is get the people that we put in these homes, these eight, 10 families we put in these homes, we want them to buy the fire station and that they will be responsible for, uh, figuring out what that fire station is going to be. Is it going to be a yeah. thrift store? Is it going to be a youth center? Is it going to be, you know, a ping pong hall, whatever. Sure. Whatever it is, you determine what it is, you uh, staff it, and you reap the profits from it. Mm-hmm. Well, if the city buys it and they turn it into whatever, it's going to be great for about a year or two, and then it's going to get tagged with graffiti. and Right. But if you own it, if that's mine, mm-hmm. and I... I I determine its direction and I put, and I hire the people and I reap the benefits from it. I'm going to take care of it. Well, that's what we, that same mindset has to be in the church. Absolutely. We come down here, we cast this vision. We want to, we want to get, we want to get people to work. We want to bring freedom to, to the captives. 
um, you got to own this vision. We had mm-hmm. this, you know, instead of doing a, a vacation Bible school, we did a baseball camp right. to get these kids out and get the community involved. And we did it. We've done it two years. Now we want to start a baseball league so that we can get dads coaching. We can get dads back involved with the family. Yeah. We can get moms in the snack bar. We can get people yep. in the stands cheering for people in their community. I can't do all that. Right. I mean, here's here's the vision that I have. I believe it's a divine vision to get community back, but I need somebody to own it. Well, mm-hmm. when, we started a life group intentionally last year to try to bring in some of these movers and shakers in town, the people that had some means. Because mm-hmm. our demo uh, is people without means. Well, we can't run a church with people right. without means. We have to bring yeah. both sides together. Absolutely. So we intentionally started this life group. Well, a couple of people in this life group caught the vision for the baseball league. Now it's theirs. Awesome. And, and they're going to do it and they're going to run it and they're going to, I mean, you know, that's what we need. So, so for the people that aren't pastors here, you're going to have to step up into leadership roles. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, it's nobody wants to be a leader because then you're responsible for it. When I first moved to Arkansas, my son was five years old. We go to the local uh, baseball park. It's baseball season. They got all their teams together. The guy gets on the PA says, Hey, we need one more coach. I'm brand new to town. I don't know anybody out yeah. there. I'm standing <laughs> against the fence. We need one more coach. I'm looking around. Who's going to do it? Nobody. Everybody's looking around. Nobody raises their hand. Yeah. Everybody wants to be in the stands telling the coach what to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to take the responsibility. So I'm, I'm brand new. I raise my hand. I'll do it. Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of where we are. Everybody's looking around. You know what we need to do? You know what I wish the church would do? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the crippling things in this culture is I wish somebody would, mm-hmm. you know what? I, we'd need to have a, mm-hmm. and nobody does it. Yep. We're going to have to own it. We are. We have been, God called us and made us to be a kingdom of priests. Yep. He In Revelation, we just studied this in the Bible, so he made us to be. That means we didn't want to be. He made us to be. You're yep. going to be a kingdom of priests. We're going to have to step up and own our culture, Absolutely. own the responsibility. If we want to see revival in this town, guess what? Jesus ain't coming down from heaven to start revival here. The next time he comes back, it's too late. Yeah. He's called you to do it. He has inherited something mm-hmm. in you. What has he inherited? The hands and the feet. Yeah. Jesus said, all these miracles you see me do, you're going to be able to do them and greater. Mm-hmm. Well, how can I do anything greater than what Jesus did? I've never mm-hmm. raised anybody from the dead or made some lame person walk or blind <laughs> right. person see. And even if I did, that ain't greater than what he did because he did it too. Right. How could it be any greater? Well, when he walked on the earth, there was only one of him. Mm-hmm. And now we are filled with the same spirit that filled him. Yep. So now instead of one person doing this stuff, you could have legions of them doing it. M- millions of people feeding the hungry, housing the homeless, clothing the naked, meeting the, meeting the needs. You, you got to own this. You've mm. been called to be a kingdom of priest. Don't, stop expecting the pastor to do all the preaching. Come on. Stop expecting the worship leader to do all the worship. Stop expecting the church leader to do... Yep. You are the church. Absolutely. And and it's and if you want to see change, if you want to see revival, you got to step up and do we have to preach this from the pulpit. Yep. We have to demonstrate it with our lives. Yep. But we also have to seek out and it like Jesus did intentionally. We can't expect them to come into church and say, Hey, I want to do this. I gotta go to them. Yeah. And I gotta say, Hey, I need you to do this. And starting getting these life groups, that's what I did this summer was I would get in somebody's face. We got a lot of people coming from this city 20 minutes south of here. We need a life group down there. Absolutely. You live down there, start a life group. Get on it. And I'll help you do anything you need to do, but we yeah. need a life group there. Absolutely. And because you have to 
you know, you, you got to encourage them to step up and to, and to own it and to For step sure. in. And they're going to go through the same things you do. They're going to be scared. Yeah. They're going to fail. And just like Pastor Rick did with me, I got to support them. I got to encourage them. I got to mm-hmm. help them out any way I can. Absolutely. Yeah, the ownership culture is huge. It has to be, I would say the same thing that you said. You've got to own it and uh, you've got to step up. One of the things I, I feel like that the Lord has helped me understand is I've tried to armchair quarterback at times is that um, the things that frustrate me is what he's put inside me to do something about. Mm -hmm. If I'm frustrated about it, I'm noticing it, and I wish other people would notice it. The reason I'm frustrated is because I'm supposed to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we have to help our people understand uh, not to be afraid to fail. Not to be afraid if they don't nail it. There's grace for that. But we're never going to be who God called us to be if they're not who God called them to be. And it takes every single one of us. It can't just be the pastor. You know, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4 tells us that the fivefold ministry is there to equip the saints for Mm -hmm. the work of the ministry, not to do all the ministry. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's time for the church to be the church and not just go to church and to step up and to take their rightful place and get outside themselves and serve somebody, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, because if we do, <laughs> it'll be huge, okay? It'll be bigly the best ever. It will be the best move of God ever, okay? Huge. That's it. Have the best words. That is um, so weird. <laughs> But I, I think it's true. And so, uh, Matt, I've enjoyed our, our talk today. I think um, I think there is what's interesting and neat to me as, as we wrap up is that uh, all of us are in these different cities. We don't talk to every we don't talk to each other every day. Yeah. But when we talk, it's the same heart. Yeah. We're saying the same things. We're praying for revival in our cities. We're praying for people to own it. Uh, we're praying for people to step up and be who God's called them to be and uh, uh, and just see God uh, rule and reign in our mm-hmm. cities. And I'm thankful that because of Pastor Rick and our team that we get to be a part of a church and, and that's a priority to us. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful for that. And I'm like you, I'm praying for revival. I'm praying for awakening. And uh, and I, I think it starts with all of us stepping up and being fully obedient to Christ, whatever the cost, at all times, which is not necessarily an easy thing to mm-hmm. do, but that's what the Holy Spirit's here for, to help us, lead us, and to guide us, and empower us to be obedient to yeah. the Lord and um, to follow Him fully. Um, and I think the greatest thing we can do as followers of Christ, whether we're a pastor, we have to do this too. You know, people, we don't get an exemption because we're pastors. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to say yes to the Lord and trust him for the rest. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can do that, we'll see God do what he wants to do in our cities. I really believe we will. So thanks for chatting with me today, Matt. You betcha, my brother. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. 
Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And I love Pastor Matt. Thankful for his friendship and the job that he's doing in Pine Bluff. Listen, take a second, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating. We would love to hear from you. You can shoot uh, shoot us a message on Instagram at Pastor Chats. Uh, you can email me at cbarns at newlifechurch.tv. Well, I hope you have an amazing day. We look forward to spending the next episode with you.